0: Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Exodus how Moses was able to speak to them that were doing wrong and help them to recover themselves, and how we can help to keep others from destroying themselves as well. Now remember, as always, the Friendship with God radio program messages are always free and available for download or listening at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Now, many of you have been listening to the Friendship with God radio program for a long time, and you've enjoyed the messages, but you're wondering, who is Tom Cantor? If you haven't been to our websites at friendshipwithgod.org or israelrestoration.org, you maybe don't know. But who is this Tom Cantor? Tom Cantor is an amazing man of faith, and he's got an incredible story that you'd need to hear. Now, Tom Cantor is not just a successful Jewish businessman, but he's also a Jewish Christian who's come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Tom Cantor is the CEO and president of Scanabody's Laboratory. It's one of the largest privately held biotech companies in the world, and it's represented on five continents and has over 700 employees. Tom Cantor is also the 2009 Whistleblower of the Year Award recipient, helping to save thousands of patients' lives by speaking the truth and winning one of the largest judgments in U.S. history. But if you ask Tom Cantor, all of these accomplishments are not that important compared to what God has done through his business's missions. Now, Tom believes in putting God's business first. That's the big job, as he calls it. And it always is important to put God's business first. And that is a big job. And God also has taken care of Tom's business, which he calls the small job in taking care of the business. And God has always taken care of Tom's business, to which Tom's motto has always been from God, You take care of my business, and I'll take care of yours, from Luke 2.49. Now, Tom teaches every Sunday at the Mission Valley Community Chapel, located here in San Diego, California. Tom is also the founder of several ministries, the Life and Life Foundation, as well as Israel Restoration Ministries, which reaches over 1 million lost Jewish people every year around the world, from the United States to Israel to South America, all over the world. And the Friendship with God radio ministry is an integral part of Israel Restoration Ministries in getting the listeners of this program to reach the lost Jewish people around them. Now, why is the Friendship with God radio program so unique or distinct from other radio programs? Well, Tom Cantor uses the New Testament as a commentary on the Old Testament by seeing the oneness of the Old Testament and the New Testament. And Tom brings to life the grace of God in the Old Testament by showing us how God deals with the universal lostness of man and the everlasting covenant and love that God has for the Jewish people. So let's listen in today as Tom teaches from the Old Testament, from the book of Exodus, about the Jewish people and how we can apply what God has done with his great love for them in our lives today. Now here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching. Now
1: notice in verse 13 of Exodus 2, it says that he said to him that did the wrong. Moses then addressed the one of the Hebrews, and it says, he said to him that did the wrong. To see what Moses was thinking when he did this, we have to turn, please, to a very important passage about this very, very portion here of Scripture Nexus To Turn to Acts chapter 7, verse 24 through 26. Acts seven twenty four through 26 and there it speaks about or gives a comment about what's happening here in our passage and it says here Stephen is saying and seeing one of them suffer wrong he defended him and avenged him that was oppressed and smote the Egyptian for he supposed his brethren would have understood how that God by his hand would deliver them but they understood not and the next day he showed himself unto them as they strove, and would have set them at one again, saying, Sirs, ye are brethren. Why do ye wrong one to another? So we see here an in insight more insight into where Moses was thinking. And we see Moses here as the great man of vision. The great man of vision here, he has a great vision for the Jewish people. Moses envisions the Jewish people in a state of unity, in a state of echadness, in a state of being together. And he wants to see in the Jewish people what's spoken of in Psalm 133, where it says, Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. What Moses wanted to see for the people should be our goal, to see brethren dwell together in unity. Moses was trying to bring about a reconciliation among his brethren. And the greatest enemy to reconciliation. The greatest separator is P-R-I-D-E, pride. This is so clearly addressed by the Lord Jesus Christ in what was recorded in Luke nine forty six through 48. Please turn. Luke 9, 46 through 48. And there we read this. Then there arose a reasoning among them, which of them should be greatest. And Jesus, perceiving the thought of their heart, Took a child and set him by him, and said unto them, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me receiveth him that sent me. For he that is least among you all, the same shall be great. Now here's the question, and the question was among them who was the greatest? Who was the greatest? It's always the goal of pride, to be the greatest, to be on the top, to be number one. And you can just see the heads of, of these disciples. there becoming more and more inflated like balloons. And notice how the Lord comes into the group and he just pops those balloons. First of all, when he comes into the group, all talk stops. It was such an important issue, he needed to bring it out to the open. And so it says here, And Jesus perceiving the thought of their heart. That's sobering. To realize that the Lord always perceives the thought of the heart. He perceives the thought of the heart because that's the place in the heart where pride germinates and takes root. And it says it's the thoughts of the heart. And he saw those evil, proud thoughts like weeds getting a foothold in the heart and weeds that he needed to dig up. And so what did he do? He takes the weed digger in his hand and goes to work with what he's about to do here to unearth and cast out the weeds of pride. So what does he do? Masterfully, he takes a child. And he takes a child. It says he put the child by him. My guess He put the child on his right side in the favored position of being at his right hand. And then he said that the child represented him and that whoever received the child in his name, that the person received the Lord Jesus Christ. He said that if a person loves children and a person thinks of himself as small, as children do, and thinks of others as bigger than them, and those that have more knowledge and more wisdom than they do, as children do, and thinks of himself as the learner, and thinks of others as the teacher, and thinks of himself as one who needs to learn, as children do, and thinks of himself as needing help from others, as children do, and thinks of himself as dependent, is ultimately dependent on God, as children do. If a person thinks of himself like that, then he thinks of himself as the least among them, and then the Lord Jesus Christ, he has become the great in God's eyes. Now, back in Exodus 2, in verse 13, Moses says, wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? So here we see Moses as the great reasoner. He's a great reasoner here. In his position, as we've seen, as the non-combative, humble, gentle, reasoning, patient, teacher, and instructor, and as his position he's trying to lead them gently to repentance, Moses reasons with them, and he asks the question, he asks them a question so that they'll think, and he says, wherefore? question mark. And we see him here trying to reason with the person by asking a question. We freeze that scene. We freeze that picture of Moses in our minds, of him reasoning with questions. And we see a picture of God. We see a picture of what God does as he reasons with his lost Jewish people. We see this in Isaiah 118, where he says to his lost Jewish people, come now, And let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool just like Moses, the Lord Jesus Christ here, is reaching out his hand. He reaches out his hand, He reaches out his hand, which is a hand of reason. But he first starts off with a hand of invitation when he says, come now, come now. He uses the word now, not just come, but come now. He was saying, don't put this off coming to God. He was saying, don't put off coming to God to a time when you feel like it. Don't put off coming to God for a time when you feel right religious. Don't put off coming to God after you've had all your sinful fun in the world. Don't put off coming to God for another time because he says, come now, come now, not later, but come now. Those words of come now show that there's no coming to God unless it's coming now to the Lord Jesus Christ that's what he meant when he said in John 14:6 I am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me There's no coming to God from a great distance, as we remember the prodigal son who ran into his father's arms and he confessed his sin. And so God says, come now to indicate that this is the time to run into God's arms for mercy and forgiveness of sin. And then the Lord says, let us reason together. Just like Moses, God wants to reason with man. So he asks a question. And it also says that about the prodigal son, this idea of reasoning that before he returned to the father, it says uses these words in Luke fifteen, seventeen, He came to himself, it says that. He came to himself. In other words, he reasoned with himself. And he asked the question, how many servants have enough to eat and I don't have enough to eat? So he's reasoning, he's coming to himself. And God wants man to come to himself. God wants man to reason with himself, with God. And God wants man to reason like this, as if waging a war against God, the reasoning would be, do you really think you can win that war against God? That's the kind of thinking that God wants man to come to. God wants to reason with man as God puts on the table. He puts on the table his offer to man, puts it on the table, and then he pushes it across the table to man and say, What do you think? And that's what Isaiah 118 is all about, is he says, What do you think? Your sins are as scarlet. They can be as white as snow, and he pushes it across the table as an offer. And he's offering total forgiveness for sins, total removal of man's sins. God's offer, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. How's that possible? We know it's possible because God became a man, the Lord Jesus Christ, and died for man's sins, and His blood paid for it. So therefore, He's so happy, and it's almost as if you can see God saying, "I'm so happy to put this offer on the table and push it over to you." That though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. So just like Moses, God asks a question to evoke reason. Turn, if you would, to Ezekiel eighteen thirty to thirty one. It says, "Therefore." I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions. So iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away all your transgressions. Wherefore, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit? For why will ye die? O house of Israel, here we see the Lord Jesus Christ addressing them as Jehovah. He was a Jehovah Jesus addressing the Jewish people about their greatest problem. Their greatest problem of the Jewish people is not their enemies. The greatest problem of the Jewish people is their iniquities and their transgressions. And so he has these words, repent, turn yourselves from all your transgressions. God was showing them the way of salvation, which is to label their sin what it is. Call it sin, hate it, and want to turn from it. And then with this words, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. The Lord was showing them that to die in their sins and to be cast into hell was an absolutely unnecessary disaster. It was an absolutely unnecessary catastrophe. Instead of using the word holocaust, Israelis use the word shoah and to describe the holocaust. And the word shoah means disaster or catastrophe. And here the Lord is saying that a person dying in their sins and being cast into hell because of their sins for their ultimate shoah, their ultimate catastrophe, is totally not necessary because he says, iniquity shall not be your ruin. Do you have iniquity? Yes, they had iniquity. But he said, I don't want iniquity to be your ruin. And all any person today has to do to for iniquity to not be their ruin is to make a new heart, to make a new spirit, which is what he calls for. That means... Take that old heart, take that old spirit of hatred and prejudice against the Lord Jesus Christ and take that spirit and that heart that says, I'd rather go to hell than believe in Jesus and cast that spirit and that heart away as ultimate sins, as it says in verse 31, cast away from you all your transgressions whereby you have transgressed and make you a new heart and a new spirit. Then, just like Moses, who asked the question, Wherefore smitest thou thy fellow? God asked the ultimate question, Why will you die, O house of Israel? God, the great reasoner here, is saying, Go ahead, make a list of every reason of why you should not come, O Jewish person, to the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't have to die and be in hell forever. God's saying, go ahead, make your list against me. God, the ultimate reasoner says in Micah 6.3, Micah 6.3, oh my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. God says that. God calls on the Jewish people testify, stand up as in a court, and logically and with reason and clarity, make your case against me, testify against me. And the Lord Jesus Christ here, Jehovah Jesus, is pleading with his Jewish people with the question designed to evoke reason. Oh, my people, oh, Jewish people, what have I done unto thee, and wherein have I wearied thee, wherein, how have I worn you out? Then the Lord Jesus Christ, the ultimate reasoner, gives the challenge— like throwing a sword on the ground to the Jewish people and he says, testify against me. He's saying to the Jewish people, to them, make your list. Put down all the reasons for why you will not come to the Lord Jesus Christ. Make the list. Make it complete. God says, let's see what it looks like. What's on your list? What could be the first item on your list? Number one, the crusaders killed the Jews. Well, the crusaders were the crusaders. And what did they have to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? They said they were killing the Jews for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Crusaders said what they said, but the Lord Jesus Christ never said that. In other words, he's saying, think, reason, because emotion is the enemy of reason. The next on the list, the Inquisition of Spain killed the Jews. Well, The Inquisitioners were the Inquisitioners. What did they have to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, they said they were killing the Jews for the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, the Inquisitioners said what they said, but the Lord Jesus Christ never said that. In other words, think, reason, because emotion is the enemy of reason. Number three, the Nazis killed the Jews. Well, the Nazis were the Nazis. What did they have to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, they said they were killing Jews and that they were Christians. The Nazis said what they said, but the Lord Jesus Christ didn't say that. So he's saying, think, reason, because emotion is the enemy of reason. Number four, I knew a Christian, and he didn't give me what I needed when I needed it. Well, that Christian is that Christian. What does that Christian have to do with the Lord Jesus Christ? Think reason, because emotion is the enemy of reason. Next, if I come to the Lord Jesus Christ, I will give up what I enjoy and what I want to get in life. Well, the Lord Jesus Christ asked a sobering question, a question designed to evoke thought, a question designed to make a person think and reason when he said in Mark eight, thirty-six through thirty-seven, for what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In other words, he's saying, think reason, because emotion is the enemy of reason. Next, my mother and my father made me promise to never turn to Jesus. My Jewish mother, my Jewish father made me promise to never turn to Jesus. Well, your mother and your father are your mother and your father, and they made their decisions. And since when does one person, even a mother or a father, make a decision for another grown person You have to make your own decision. We have to make our own decisions. Why can't we reason and make a decision based on reason? Because thinking and reason and emotion is the enemy of reason. Next one. The Jews don't believe in Christ. Well, most Jews don't, but some do. And why can't each person reason and make his own decision without just following the herd? Think, reason. Emotion is the enemy of reason. I have always been taught, when a Jew accepts Christ, he's no longer a Jew, and I want to remain a Jew. Well, ask the question, rationally, reasonably, can you define what a Jew is? Is your definition of a Jew universally accepted by all Jews? Is your definition of a Jew really coming down to a Jew as a person who is not a Christian? Think, think, reason because emotion is the enemy of reason. What about the Lord Jesus Christ who came as promised in the scriptures? What about the Lord Jesus Christ who stood up and defended the Jewish people and even took that title for himself, the king of the Jews, as he died for the Jewish people? What about the Lord Jesus Christ who healed many Jewish people? What about the Lord Jesus Christ who gave hope and eternal life to many Jewish people? What about the Lord Jesus Christ who changed many Gentile hearts to love and stand with and for the Jewish people. And what about the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the most famous Jew known around the world and brought a good name to the Jewish people, to many around the world? Well, Moses knew that this Jewish person fighting with his fellow Jew would only stop he would only stop fighting if Moses was successful to make him stop with his emotion and start with his reason. And so the Lord Jesus Christ in the same way knows that, that lost Jewish people, any lost person, will only stop with their rejection of him, their emotional rejection of him, if he can make them or if he can bring them to stop with their emotion and start with their reason. And just as Moses asked the person in the heat of his emotion to think and to reason and to realize that emotion is the enemy of reason, so God ask the lost to set aside emotion and think and reason and ask the question, why don't I come to the Lord Jesus Christ? Well, that'll be as far as we go today in our study. In our next study, we'll look at verse 14, which is the response of the Jewish people. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for recording these truths in Exodus, and then for giving us further comments in the book of Acts and other places, Lord. And we pray that you would help us to absorb and, Lord, to incorporate into our lives what we learn from you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us today. Now, we'd like to encourage you to visit the friendshipwithgod.org website. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Now we've added some new features on our website where you can sign up for a Tom Cantor daily devotional verse that will come directly to your phone or your email. So go to our website today at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. And just sign up right online to receive a Tom Cantor daily devotional verse right on our website. Now while you're there on our website, sign up also to receive our Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries newsletter where you'll hear about our upcoming Summer Blitz campaign to reach over 1 million lost Jewish people this summer in over 17 Jewish cities around the United States. This is our third year of doing this Jewish outreach across the U.S., and we want you to be a part of it, especially with prayer, for the lost Jewish people that they can be reached with the personal witness of an Israel Restoration Ministries missionary as they distribute over 1 million gospel gifts of Tom Cantor's personal testimony DVD and testimony book, as well as Tom Cantor's book on Frequently Asked Questions by Jewish People, as well as other gospel-based materials and information that will be distributed door-to-door the entire summer. All these materials are freely distributed at no charge and all in an effort to help them to understand that the Lord Jesus Christ is their Messiah and to help them come to that saving knowledge. Now, you can contact us directly by phone if you know a Jewish person that needs to be reached with the gospel, and we'll give you a free gospel gift or mail it to them free or give it to you directly so that you can hand it to them. So call us today, 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. Once again, that's 1-800-247-3051. Now, Tom Cantor would like to personally invite you also to come to the Creation and Earth History Museum, which he owns and operates, in Santee, California, just outside San Diego, California. And this is the world's first creation museum and the second largest creation museum in the world. And Tom Cantor would like you to see this expanded Creation and Earth History Museum. Now, the original museum has the six days of creation, but we've expanded it by adding and upgrading some new features, like the new Star Room and the Age of the Earth Cave and Dinosaur Gardens. The museum has also expanded to have a human anatomy wing to show the design of the human body and how it matches the Bible and scientific evidence that we did not Evolve. We've also added a new life-size sight and sound tabernacle theater display presentation that's done by Tom Cantor, and it's one of a kind. and can only be found here at the Creation Earth History Museum that's in Santee, California, open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., and admission is always free. Now, guided tours can also be requested, and you can find out more information or take a virtual tour online by going to the Creation and Earth History Museum's website at creationsd. Dot org. That's creation sd for San Diego, creation sd.org. Or call us for more information. Call us at 1 800 247 3051. That's 1 800 247 3051. Now remember, as always, the Friendship with God radio program messages from Tom Cantor are always available free online for free downloading and free listening. So go to friendshipwithgod.org. That's God. Friendshipwithgod. Or again, call us at 1-800-247-3051. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week.